is the number one commodity in the world that you can't get back once it's gone. Time. So I will keep this brief. I'm Muthita Panmuk, a time efficiency expert and a business operations strategist, who is as known as the Time Queen. Welcome to my Get Unstuck Radio. Running a business can be very overwhelming at times, especially in the first few years when you are required to wear the hats and do other things. You started your company because you had a vision that almost every business owner has when they begin. You wanted freedom, true freedom. So you are in the right place to help you build and grow your business that support your lifestyle. Not the other way around. Without further ado, let's get unstuck. Hi everyone! So please welcome Jody and Daryl from the Trust Method right here. Jody and Daryl Barker, and they are the founder of the Trust Method. They offer to help service entrepreneur, entrepreneur in general, small businesses to get more referral and more retention of their clients. Thank you so much for joining Get Unstuck Method today. Both of you. Thanks for having us. Yeah, thanks for having us. Yeah, it's been a long time, right? That we haven't really talked to each other. I mean, we are in the social circle and I have seen them doing so awesome work. So I'm excited to talk to you today. Thank you. So um, before we start into what is your specialty right now, how you become an entrepreneur, like individually, which one should I ask first? Which Go one? Which, how did we get into our specialty? No, I mean how you start your entrepreneurial journey. Oh wow! Um, we started being entrepreneurs probably in two thousand and nine after my son went into kindergarten. I I just wanted to do something that was outside of the like outside of the home. I wanted to use some of my skills. So I started a blog. And then after I started a blog, I opened up a small interior design company and it was really really small, but it was something that I could use my skills and I could work from home and it grew from there of course, but that was kind of my first taste at um being an entrepreneur. Um that's the way I started. Yeah, and I, I started, I had left my full-time job and was doing commercial photography. So uh, like home interiors, commercial interiors, uh, products and things like that. And then in the process of, of being, you know, of bootstrapping our own businesses, I learned web design. So, so, we, so then I started doing websites for, for clients. So we, yeah, a lot of it is like uh, helping people with the things that you learned how to do as you were developing. Mm-hmm. Almost 10 years then. Wow, it's yes. been a long run. So Yeah, it's been a long journey. <laughs> lots of different things. Yeah, and how entrepreneur journey changed your lifestyle currently? Or it still remain the same? Well, I think in some ways it's being an entrepreneur is, as you know, it's it's a tough job. And so it has changed over the years. We do have the benefit that we do, we work with each other and 
even though if Daryl was doing something separate or I was doing separate, something separate, we always had each other to kind of lean on. Um, you know, I could use my strengths to help him and he was able to use his strengths to help me in my design business years, years ago. Um, but at the end of the day, it's, you know, it's a hard journey to know, um, how to make decisions. Um, it's a tricky world. And, um, so I guess in a lot of ways it's changed for us because I think we've um, over the years been able to be a little bit more confident in who we serve um, versus back in 2009, I probably was a little bit more insecure and, um, and that showed in my, in my work, even though I, I, my goal was always to help people, but I would say for myself, that is what has changed over, especially the last five, six years, especially. Mm -hmm. um, I'm a little bit more confident as I get a little bit older. I'm okay with who I am and I'm, a, I'm okay with um, using my skills to, to help people uh, regardless of what they're doing. Um, it's definitely an interesting shift from, you know, nine to five corporate type job to entrepreneur because um, initially you start out and you kind of keep the same hours because that's what you learned, right? You've been programmed to learn. And then you start to realize like, Hey, you know what? I feel like, I feel like hanging out with the kids and our kids were fairly young at the time. Mm -hmm. I feel like hanging out with the kids and I'll just do this stuff later. And you know, so you adopt weird hours and then you're like, okay, that's not sustainable. I need to have some sort of structure. But I mean, I, I liked that it, we could just stop working and go to a kid's recital or like you get the flexibility of saying, Hey, this is my life and I get to control it. Um, and, and yet still producing meaningful work. So there's always that tension between, between the two. Mm -hmm. Yeah. If anyone um, get a chance to follow Daryl and Jody, you will see that they are always go out for camping, bicycle riding, or like be in the nature in a very awesome scenery. Isn't that like living a good life, let's say. <laughs> Well, we live in a really beautiful part of British Columbia in Canada, and uh, we actually moved, we purposely moved to a different city to just be that much closer so that we could prioritize decisions like that, that, you know, we're going to work until two o'clock and then two o'clock we're going to leave and then we're going to go camping or something like that. Mm -hmm. Or we're going to head to the lake at the, at, in the summer at the end of the work day. And so we wanted it to be a place where there's no excuses. Um, we can pack up our bags up quickly and just go for a day hike or something like that. So yeah, that was one of the big reasons for moving to the city where we live in Canada. And, and even like enjoying life right now and holding intention the like, okay, I'm trying to build something more significant work-wise, but I, you know, our kids are teenagers right now and I still want to be present and not miss these moments because I'll never get them back. Uh, but I can't stop working completely either. So you're trying to balance both mm -hmm. of those. Yeah. I mean, I'm an advocate for like, put your lifestyle first and then your business have to serve your lifestyle. Like hundred percent. Anyone who is a guest on this show, they are really doing that. So anyone who is listening to this or watching this in the YouTube, watch and learn everyone. So you have no need to trade <laughs> or put um, or satisfy anything. It's possible, right? This is the living proof. So what about this one, this current business that the trust method, um, how you develop this method from time to time and it's become this awesome work that I have seen people sharing. It's an, it's an interesting story because where it actually came from, 
Um, and the, the funny part is the more we re uh, recollect on this, we're even, even in the last few months, we're seeing how strong of a tide it came from. But, but uh, several years ago, we had actually taken time off and moved to Mexico and we're working with charities down there. And so this, that was the actual genesis of this was seeing these very small charities, not like the, the, month, the large ones everyone knows, but these small local ones doing amazing work, helping, like helping people who needed help. And, but because they were small and not known, they had major trust issues. People didn't know they were more comfortable donating to the bigger companies, despite their uh, charities, despite the fact that the smaller ones can actually be more effective with their dollars because they're not spending on advertising and admin and things like that. Mm -hmm. um, and so we definitely saw that that was the genesis of that idea was, well, if we could identify what trust obstacles a person had, um, and if they could connect, um, it would make that much more impact, right? And then what happens, what would, what would it take? What kind of trust is necessary for me to say, hey, you have to come here and check out the charity because you can get involved and you can go do some of the work yourself or whatever. What was the mechanism that would, that would prevent people from having experience but not going home and talking about it? And so, so when we came back from that experience after three years, we were like, well, this is the exact same thing that happens with business, right? Mm -hmm. We have these great profound experiences with a business and, uh, oh, it's totally changed my life. And then, you know, we go about our day and we don't say anything. Um, mm -hmm. And often the businesses don't know how to ask us to refer their friends or they don't make it clear for us how to stay with them. Mm -hmm. And, and the, and it's a shame. It's a shame because there's these great businesses that just kind of get lost in the, in the weeds. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So we, we saw this amazing, um, ability for these donors and these volunteers to be a part of what the, these, these nonprofits were doing. And so, yeah, like Daryl said, we see that the same thing for business here. We believe that if great businesses are doing great things, um, we all can do greater things if we do it together. And so that's where we really, um, our goal is to always bring the customer at the forefront of, of bringing the customer into our business and for them to feel inspired to, to refer you as a business, um, especially if you're doing great work, you should be known, right? Yeah. Yeah. So really exploring what does it look like to invite the customer into that process with you? Um, so that, so that when they advocate for you, it's, there's, they're, they're on the line for it, but they want to be, they want to be there. Yeah. yeah. I think trust also play both sides, right? Both for customer side that they can trust you before they become a client or customer. And also the owner themselves, um, to trust to work with that person. That's also important, I guess. hundred percent, hundred percent. Um, I, we often hear a phrase like, oh, customers aren't loyal anymore. And I was like, well, loyalty is a two-way street because we have to demonstrate something to be loyal to, mm. right? And just like you said with trust, it goes both ways. Um, and so really even the, the idea of the name, the trust method came from this idea of like, well, we should, you know, if, if we build trust or we don't build trust, it means that there's factors. There's something happening or not happening which means if we identify what those are, we can act on them. And if you can act on it, there's generally going to be a method that would govern that. So that's kind of, you know, the genesis of the, of the name and the idea was identify as many factors as you can, 
and, and act on them in a way that's authentic so that you're presenting your true self and your customers are, are seeing it and agreeing with it. And that's how you build, you know, mutual trust. So you mentioned about <clears throat> royalty and trust, how they related in your opinion. Well, loyalty, if you think about loyalty, it's like, what are you being loyal to? Right. And so if, if as a business, I'm trying to get the most out of you, most sales out of you up front, um, customers, customers will in, in return reward with the loyalty of like, okay, you've got that. And you know, then I'm, then I'm done. Um, so loyalty means sometimes doing the right thing, even if it doesn't necessarily mean a sale on, you know, on your end right away. Um, and so it, it is this mutual trust, trust going back and forth of, of creating an environment like, yeah, this, these are people, or this is a process, or this is a thing that I want to be loyal to. And so trust, trust is the key part of, part of that because it implies that mutual uh, connection both ways. So these are about relationship building, am I correct? Correct me if I'm wrong. So it's about how you make this ecosystem within your company, within yourself, and also towards your clients or customers, and also other people affiliate to them. Like this is going to be the word spry. Yeah, relationship is relationship is interesting um, when you, especially if you think about referrals, because um, what a referral is is actually a relationship between three people, right? And so you, the business owner, the referrer, and then the customer that they're bringing in. And so you think about the dynamics of these three people feeling each other out, and they're like you said, there's trust going both ways, right? Hey, is this a good fit customer? Is this someone who's going to do what we ask to get them to the result that they need? Um, the customer that's doing the referring, bringing their friend in has to have the trust of like, Hey, I need you to do what you did with me at least. Right. I need you to do it the same way. Cause that's what I just said to them. I need you to take this seriously and not make me, make me look foolish or, you know, in front of my friend. So there's a lot of dynamics when you involve three different people who have three different worldviews and, and types of styles of communication. Um, it, it means that we can't necessarily just wing it because um, because good intentions aren't good enough, right? And so there has to be a systematic part to this that, that you, we intentionally communicate a certain way in a certain time because we're, try, we're trying to smooth over the irregularities of human nature. Yeah, you mentioned, right, the, the one that hit home for me is that good intention is not enough and it's indeed not enough. Here's the thing, I think another part of this referral process from my own experience is about expectation management as well that mm -hmm. do they really able to complete what i refer to who i refer to like my face also along with them right like apart from i trust them therefore i refer but then there's some skeptical within that okay will they like really complete what i ask for or something like that how do you manage yep. that feeling well, a lot of it is being able to identify the exact emotions or the, or the, the, the types of nuances that go on, right? So, so even that idea of, of being referable, what does that mean? Mm. What does it mean to be referable? Um, and so when we answer that from our point of view, well, it's like, well, I get great results and my clients, you know, get to have this many, this much ROI or blah, 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 blah. Um, but the customer's like, yeah, but, I care about this friend and they've been hosed by the last three coaches or, you know, 
and they just really need to be heard. And, you know, and so there's all of this other emotional nuance that if we're only kind of looking at our resume, we're going to miss out on. Right. And so we'll, we'll miss out on what they're telling us about that person. Right. And so we miss out on the chance of connection. We miss out on the opportunity to build a relationship. And on the good end, maybe we're still able to serve them, but we haven't necessarily even won a, a client that's going to come back per se. Right. And we've potentially lost uh, a secondary referral from that, from that person simply because there were expectations um, either implied or, or just were, you know, hanging out there that just were never met. Well, and I think the other part of it is that I think as um, service providers, entrepreneurs, small businesses, um, we can heavily focus too much on the outcomes. And so we can think, well, I get great outcomes. I naturally should get great referrals. And it's not always the case. And so um, what we see in our work is that it's not a one size fits all. So that's where relationship comes into um, getting to know what are the motives of the person that um, is referring you because there's so many dimensions that that come into play when we're dealing with humans like you said um, and so yeah we truly believe that referrals are not a one-size-fits-all because if it was a one-size-fits-all it would be so easy everyone would have referrals amazing referrals just flowing like milk and honey you know um yeah so um yeah yeah so the the fact that they don't happen all the time indicates that there there is a um an undercurrent that people aren't reading and the businesses that have read that and and a lot of it comes from intuition like like being a good person takes you quite a ways of the way mm -hmm. but even then that's in the neighborhood of good intentions Good intentions have to be married with a system that keeps you accountable and consistent, right? Because a lot of the times what we're referring is actually consistency, not just results, right? Results become implied, right? Mm -hmm. um, because a lot of businesses can get the same results. So if it, you know, um, like say like real estate comes to mind, well, a lot of people can buy, help me buy a house or sell a house. So, so take the results off the table. Well, what else am I getting in this? Right? Am I getting my questions answered? Am I getting extra, you know, um, am I getting a better negotiator? Am I getting someone who understands the nuance of pricing in my area? You know, all of these different things. And when you stack it up, the, the emotional intangibles are actually a way bigger factor than, hey, I just sell houses, right? Or, hey, I just, you know, I, my clients get X ROI on their ads or whatever the, whatever the thing is, right? There's all of these other things that are possible to tap into. Um, and I mean, that drives retention and it drives referrals. When the more of these unspoken needs we can meet, uh, the more that customer doesn't want to go anywhere themselves and wants to bring people to you. Cause it's like, Hey, this person listens, they care, they do this. They're consistent. Like they will always answer the phone you know, or get back to you within X amount of hours or whatever that is. Um, those are the things and the, like the results are just implied, right? Mm -hmm. So really focusing on results makes you one dimensional. Uh, what, what our system shows is there's a bunch of other dimensions you can tap into. Um, and then you get this instant advantage that a lot of people are just missing. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Right now I'm really focused on repetition, like on every single aspect of my life. Like I try to like 
be more consistent on that, which is not easy to be honest, but I find it's actually very beneficial to like any other people surrounding me, like personal wise or professional wise, um, they able to expect what to get from me without me explaining, which is great. <laughs> like thinking about explaining the same thing that you have been doing over and over again, right? That's exactly how you keep pitching or referring yourself to others. And mm -hmm. yeah, just let other people do it for you because they can expect the outcome. That's that's a good one. So yeah, if you think about someone, someone who can do what you can do, but someone knows you to be like, like she is consistent. If she says it, she's going to do it. And I have two referrals, which one am I going to go with? Right. I'm going to, I'm, most of us are going to go with the one where it's like, oh, Hey, here's these other bonuses. Right. And yeah. so really, really it becomes about, well, if consistency is a bonus, what other bonuses are out there? What other things can I do or project so that I am as referable as possible? Uh -huh. Yeah, 100%, 100%. Um, yeah, both sides. Wow, this is like a very well thought process, I believe. Yeah, it's already like picture true, everything. And in your opinion, do they really, um, how to say that, interconnected between each other before, be, between um, referral and retention? Or actually, retention has to come first. What do, you, what do you think? There's different things going on between retention and referrals. I mean, um, a client that wants to stay with you, like by that nature, if they that made that decision to say, hey, they get me the outcomes that I want. I like working with them. I feel good about myself. They've, they make me feel good about me. Um, I don't have to follow up because they're usually, you know, I get an update because before they even ask me to, all of these different things. So if that goes into their, into their thinking to say, hey, staying with them is worth the money, well, that's a pretty easy referral, but it doesn't mean that they're necessarily going to see the need to refer you. So that's, that's the part where referability takes on its own animal. And there's, there's a few other things that go on, which is that generally people want to be part of something, mm -hmm. right? Um, and they want to know that what they do or say or think matters. Um, and so, yeah, so there's definitely, that is where like, it would be hard to get a really confident, emphatic referral if you weren't willing to stay with that business, mm -hmm. you wouldn't really be retained, but just being retainable doesn't make you referable necessarily mm -hmm. as referable as you could be, which is sort of the dynamic that we look at is a lot of businesses get referrals, which is great because they have done a great thing for somebody. Um, but more often than not, that person has probably overlooked some things or jump, made a mental jump to be like, okay, I'm still going to refer them. Like this is, this is still good. Um, and so we, we get these referrals and we think that that's it. But really there's this other world of like, hey, there could be 10 more things you could do to be even more referable, which would make that process a bit more automatic. Or it would make that, that client that refers you once see like, oh man, I can see five other kinds of people who would, I don't, I didn't know anything about this other program that you did. Well, I know someone who totally needs that. Um, and so, yeah, those are the dimensions that with the referability product that we're looking at that is, is the fun part of like bringing our clients in to the process and helping them, helping them be part of something rather than just being a tool. Mm -hmm. Right. Um, 
we talked about relationship before. And I think that is the crucial part is you can't do this without building a real relationship with your client. Mm-hmm. Um, and a real, in a real relationship, we don't use each other. Right. And mm-hmm. so, and so it changes this from being a number or a statistic or something that you can get, right. A referral is just something that you get to versus like, no, I'm earning this and we're doing it together. Yeah. I, and that's where, you know, trust basically comes in there right away. Like you said, um, and because I think a lot of times we, as entrepreneurs, we go to referrals too quickly. Um, you know, there's this this story I always tell. Um, when shortly after we moved here, um, I I met a woman online, and um, I met her for 15 minutes. The next day, I get uh, a Facebook message from her saying, "Hey, can you be my referral source for this area?" And I didn't even know her yet. And so um, this, you know, left me very confused um, knowing I, I just met you yesterday and now you want me to refer you. And so, um, yeah. And I don't know anything about, I have no your, idea your, how your service or how you take care of people or like the checklist that I would have to feel confident putting my name on that referral. I don't know any of those things. And I yeah. think that the reason why, I think the reason why we go to referrals too quickly is not because we're bad people. I think it's just what industries teach us. And so we are all about just because your industry does something, we want you to take a look at it and see, does this fit my values and how can I base my decisions um, based off how I want to treat my people or the people that I want to refer me. And so I, we, we see it very differently that we're like, we're ready to um, uh, break down those walls of just because we do something or we've always done it that way. Yeah, doesn't mean the, that we should. That's one of the most dangerous things you could say. Well, we've always done it. What, or that's what our industry does, or that's what's normal. Like those are some of the most dangerous statements or mindsets that you can adopt. And so I think going back to becoming an entrepreneur in 2009, like we're little, we're little baby entrepreneurs and we're going to be learning for the rest of our lives doing business. I, like we'll always be learning something. And so I think that that's the hard part about being an entrepreneur is that you don't have people to bounce ideas off of or, or help understand the, you know, the kinds of, th- some of the things that we teach, right? Um, Cause there's so much to do as an entrepreneur. And so I think that's, it's a tr- tricky place to be an entrepreneur these days. I yeah. think with so much information being thrown at you and so many hats to, to wear. Yeah. And we, and you run up, you don't often don't know what you don't know. And when you don't know that you kind of look at, well, what does everybody else do? And so that's what I'll do. Mm-hmm. And so, you, so, and in a lot of cases, I mean, we have these conversations with people about referrals, but like, Oh, I didn't want to do that because doing it that way kind of feels icky, like, you know? And so, Hey, that's what people do, but like, that doesn't sit right with me. And so, so you're literally the core of your being is, is rebelling against this tactic because it doesn't feel right, but you don't know what to replace it with. Yeah. Right. So it's either like, Hey, I'm going to do that. Or like, I'm going to just steer away from asking for referrals uh, completely because I don't want to be perceived like that other thing that, that I find kind of icky or gross. Mm-hmm. Um, when, when, if, if you're having that reaction, you're actually, you're actually, you, that, that is coming from a good place. It's like, Hey, I want this to feel good for people. So in and of itself, that actually makes you more referable. You're just afraid of 
afraid of it. And so, yeah, a lot of our inspiration was, hey, for that person who wants to do it right, here's the way to do it. Yeah, I think I think one of the reasons why people ask for referral too early is because the confident issue, like you just say, like, especially at the early stage of entrepreneurship, like, yeah, I did that as well. I think many people also did that, like, hey, can you refer me to someone? Like, I just asked with very naive mindset, something like that. But I forgot to ask myself, do they know me to refer me? That's, that's huge. Like, what you mentioned is like, hit home. Yeah, Yeah. 100%. Um, or even if somebody does, um, well, if I kind of know you and I don't really know how good your results are and I don't really know much about your program, I can still refer you, but it's fairly weak. It doesn't have a lot of strength. Mm-hmm. Versus a client who's like, hey, I've been with them for years. This is, a, you know, this is the kind of person you want to work with and I can show you what they've done. And um, like, the, you know, so they're both a referral technically, but one of them has way more impact than the other. Mm-hmm. Mm. I actually have an idea. I think I talked to one of my partners that like he have something like for for his affiliate. He have a training course for his affiliate that really educate how he works. And that's actually good. Like in that case, I'm just sharing like I'm just thinking out loud with you right here. Just like idea up. Totally. An affiliate is is a specific combination of dimensions in our in our system, right? You're rewarding with money right? Everybody's looking for something. If, if I refer um, someone to someone else, there's something that I'm looking for, right? And so in the case of the affiliate, we're front and center saying, hey, money is the reward that's coming with this, right? Um, but you can still have a lot of variation inside of your affiliate program, right? Is it open? Anyone can refer, anyone can be an affiliate or do you have to be a client to be an affiliate or do you have to pass this course to be an affiliate? Whatever it is, you can literally influence the quality of that affiliate referral by how you structure your system. Um, and so the more you understand about the person that you want referring you, the, the more it's going to change your affiliate program. So just as an example. Yeah, that makes sense. So in, in your opinion or in your method currently, what are the different types of referral persona? I don't know how to say that. Like the middle person, like how many types are they? Well, that's a really interesting question because um, we actually track we actually track over five different dimensions. So there's theoretically five to the power of five combinations of referring. Mm. Okay. Right. Each with their own sort of nuance. Um, some of them will, you know, there'll be sort of groupings, but um, it really, really depends what you want. So we actually take a step back from that and say, hey, what do we want to be referable for? And so that's the first question. That's literally the, this is what we optimize for. Um, and it doesn't mean that you're not going to get referrals from clients for something that, you know, maybe you're not necessarily optimized for. And you, you know, you definitely have to value your clients when they do that. Or, you know, your mom's going to refer you for something or your friend, right? Um, they're still doing it for a reason that's, that that reason is super important to them. So therefore it has to be important to you, mm-hmm. even if it's not an ideal referral for you. Mm-hmm. Um, but really understanding, hey, what is the ideal referral for my business and what and for this product, for this course, for this specific thing? And how do I get people to give me that type of referral in partnership? Yeah. And so it really comes down to identifying those different factors. 
I think I think that helps a lot for those who like to overthinking. Like, what should I start from the referral framework into my business? Something like that. If you have that question, this is something that you might want to take a look on. And on the other hand, um, to put your value towards right, like Jody mentioned, um, I think that's very important. Like, I believe that many people who follow what others do that not really feel aligned in their business have issue. I mean, me personally, I did that and I bet you both also, yeah. <laughs> I think it's something that just, it's rare. I, I can't imagine, I'm sure it is possible, but I think all of us have moments of that and you either continue down that road or you're like, hey, no, this isn't me. I don't want to do this anymore. I want to find another way to do it, right? Yeah. And those, so, those voices, those are important things to listen to. Mm-hmm. Yeah, exactly. And to use your method, to implement it in your own way that's like legitimate for me like you can play with it and i think that makes sense so that was that was a really pivotal part for us was i i don't want to tell you what to do Mm. what i want to tell you to do is to identify what matters and then how to identify your people and how to treat them like people and so so literally even in even in our tools um, if it's, you know, if there's like a follow-up that's happening, I'm not even going to tell you what to say, right? Cause I want you to figure out what you should say. I'll help give you structure for what you should say, but it has to fit you and your business and your clients. Um, because otherwise I'm just another person telling you what to do. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You have no idea how many people, when they hire a VA and ask me, what is the script? What is the script? <laughs> <laughs> that's make me crazy, but yeah, that's. That's mass market needs. So that's yeah. yeah, yeah, really, we're going the other way of saying um, this, our, our approach shouldn't be scalable, right? And it, well, I mean, it is scalable because you can optimize somewhere else, but we should never be trying to scale relationship. Mm, 100% because it can scale by itself anyway, like expansion, yeah. right? Because the, at the, the cost of, of that type of thing, if you put relationship as something that like, oh, my social media marketer is going to handle that or manager is going to handle that, um, what is going to leave the door without you realizing it is your sense of gratitude. And your sense of gratitude is the engine that runs all of this. And if you lose it, uh, it is generally replaced by indifference. And not necessarily intentionally. Right. But if we, if, if we lose our gratitude, it, it literally changes how we act. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I think that's when referrals get assumed, especially if we produce great outcomes, because then we just, we, we assume that it will follow um, if we forget our gratitude. Uh, it's no different than, um, you know, a family, a mom and dad, they make dinner every night. We have dinner every night and the kid sits down and eats their meal and versus, and then they just get up after dinner and they leave and they just assume the meal is always going to come. But then there can be gratitude every time. I know it was something that uh, we were, it took us many, many years to teach our daughter manners. And it, it wasn't until she was in grade three. She's now 16, but it was till she was grade three. We said, anytime someone gives you something, say thank you. It doesn't matter what it is. And so like, it was like a pattern, like parenting thing that we had to do till she was grade three to say thank you for 
um, whatever. And now to this day, she'll say thank you for a meal like twice. She's like, I did. I, I can't remember if I said thank you. Thank you, mom, for dinner. Um, so I, I think like Daryl said, um, we just feel like the world is better if we come with gratitude first, like no matter what. Um, all of us. And we and, don't come with assumptions. So we if we, if we remove assumption and, and lead with gratitude, um, the world, like the world is instantly a better place. Your business is a better place. The relationship with your customer is in a better place, like instantly. Mm-hmm. Yeah. There's, li- like, there's literally a like, go do something right now or go do something tomorrow um, thing that you can do is like, what would it look like to be more gracious than I was yesterday? Yeah, I, I, <clears throat> sorry, I, I do agree with you in that gratitude and momentum because I, again, personal experience, I did that myself. I used my VA to do that too early instead of me, like being me instead. <clears throat> it's not working. Like the energy transfer is not right. And people know from a distance, like miles away, internet, especially. Like, this is no joke, though. Like, you have your VA in your inbox, but you think that other people won't know? They will know. <laughs> they will mm-hmm. know. So, I agree with you on that. Um, I believe this could help um, business owners and entrepreneurs save a lot of time to figure out how important referral and retention it is, but from their own authenticity with happy to serve, something like that. I think that is also important, like not assume, right? And also no expectation, like just want to deliver something that how can we help you have a better life or better business currently? And that is everything to make a world better place, right? Yeah. Yeah, you hit, you hit the last one I was going to say, which was, um, so obviously like gratitude, drop the assumptions, but act without regard of, the, of a specific outcome. Right. And so this is literally how you post on social media, how you show up to a sales call, whatever, whatever it is, if you're divorced from like trying to angle towards a specific outcome, then it puts you in a position of like, well, how can I help? Right. And if you're doing it right, that helping most often results in sales, Mm -hmm. but because you weren't pursuing it directly, it actually is more authentic. Right. And literally the sales experience someone has, could influence whether they stay with you or not. Like, so that's a retainable activity. The sales experience they had could be the difference of whether they refer you or not. Right. Um, and so, and so actually like every experience they have with you, you know, it's either in a, it's in a win, like a, uh, a four column or, a, or a against column. Right. So customers have these like the old tally tally sheets that they like, Oh, well, this was good, but this was bad. I had to ask for this three times. Right. And we're all tallying this up right? Both sides. And Mm -hmm. the more that we can stack up in the fork column and the, and the least amount that we can preventatively remove from the against column, you know, we're stacking the deck in our favor of retention and, and referability. Yeah. Anyone who listened until here, I think you can see the, the whole picture of ecosystem from like making marketing, making sales, customer service, and also referral retention side. Like, um, if you have been following me, you will see the method of Get Unstuck that currently um, Jody and Dara also explained about the, the trust method that could really enhance the, the framework that you can adapt into your business currently. So thank you so much for sharing this awesome 
method and ideas with me today. Oh, you're welcome. Oh, it's been our pleasure. It's been fun. In case anyone wants to work with you or want to follow you, where can they reach out to you then? You know, they can, um, we're on Facebook a lot. Um, you can reach out to any, either myself or Daryl on Facebook. Um, um, they can also go to uh, referralsonrepeat.com and um, they can get information about the workshop that we have there, um, the system that we built that can help them um, get um, more referrals from their best clients um, over and over. And it's a process that we created um, and we'd love to help them with that. Awesome. So everything will be in the description. So check that out and yeah, follow them and you will have a better referral and detention. Thank you for joining me today. Bye guys. Bye. I hope this episode inspired you to get unstuck wherever you are in your journey so that you can have your business that support your lifestyle. Get a show note at helpyougetunstuck.com today. Start implementing what you have learned. The results of your consistent effort and improvement are worth it because you deserve the freedom to enjoy your life. Speak to you next time and don't forget to get unstuck.